This episode of Intergalactic Interviews is brought to you in part by Dressing Life's Wounds Clothing Company. Dressinglifeswounds.bigcartel.com. Raw, original streetwear. Check it out. It's, 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 uh, it's sensual. Yes. And Welcome to Intergalactic Interviews. Ladies and gentlemen, I am MD of the Boomsday Alliance. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 24. One of the most special episodes to date. All of you are special. All of these episodes are like children. I love them all. But this one today is a little extra special. This one gets an extra cookie in the lunch. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with over the moon founder the fall soul creator the falls video game ladies and gentlemen and kickstarter success story john warner ladies and gentlemen give it up wow that's a nice intro thank you yes that's uh that's one of the finest intros i've delivered yeah i really like the video game remix you did on the intro that was uh that was classy that's That's not bad eh? yeah people are thinking i got like a little mixer going on here yeah i just just, uh uh, you know i I try my best it is what it is (laughs) Do you, uh, Fantastic. uh, let me, let me ask you right off the mm-hmm. bat, John Warner. Um, you, you recently completed a Kickstarter campaign I did. for your video game you've created. The video game is yeah. called the fall. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great, uh, it's a sci-fi blend of, uh, mo- the monkey Island series slash Metroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great storytelling action based elements in it. Why don't you go ahead and just uh, give us a little uh, preamble there, if you will. A little uh, corporate plug. Let us know what we're talking about. Okay, awesome. Cheers. Well, yeah, I started development on this game back in, uh, I guess it was last January. And mm-hmm. I worked uh, until, uh, I guess it was September. Uh, around then I did a Kickstarter. And uh, I was really fortunate to find that enough people were really interested in the game. And uh, and gave me a little bit of cash. So I've been developing that for the last few months. And it's nearing completion. It's very close. It seems like the finish line is like always uh just an inch away from my face but um <laughs> i don't know i guess that's the way it is with anything um but yeah so the game is like a mix of sort of like uh like monkey island and metroid like you said like i really love that exploration for the, for those listeners that play a lot of games and did when they were kids especially that sense of like exploration like you're in an alien world and what's around the next corner and everything but you know i'm, all, I'm like a huge nerd so I, I always want like you know that like extra level of detail of like yeah where's this where is this exactly like what's the backstory and where am i and all that kind of stuff so so, sure. so the game is more around like like uh, the details of exploration and picking up and using items and, and all that kind of stuff and, and borrows a lot from Monkey Island in that respect. And just kind of trying to merge those two in a way that's kind of fun. I, I played uh, uh, Monkey Island as a, as, a, as a young lad. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't have... Uh, the proper sound card growing up or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't have like a sound blaster creative or something like that. And uh, so on PC, when I'm playing this game, um, I didn't have any, there was like no vocal support back in the day. So it was all text-based yeah. reading with that that click and play kind of adventure game. Yeah. And uh, so I like, I, I added my own voices in my head for sure. like what Guybrush Threepwood would sound like or yeah. LeChuck or anything like that. But then um, as I got older, and uh, as recently as like a year or two ago, my my younger brother Brendan he bought me uh, the the Redux, the oh yeah sure the yeah. remastered version of Monkey yeah they Island. did a great job yeah and they went ahead and they put voices in and like yeah. totally redone all the all, instead of pixelated it's now it's like well done <laughs> so did they ruin your experience or was it better it's I don't know if they ruined it but it's like it's the weirdest blend of nostalgic like love <laughs> and yeah. also fresh because I'm like oh look at that they did it new but I, it's almost like when you're in a dream in a uh, deja vu thing because you're like I know what's going to happen next but I'm enjoying it as it's happening anyway the, the lack of spontaneity isn't uh, doesn't ruin your experience right. yeah okay sure I dig I dig what you mean yeah that's interesting what yeah. what would you what would you say in regards to uh, the, the Metroid comparisons that uh, the fall has garnered uh, what would you say uh, is your favorite part about Metroid when you were playing Metroid itself, like what what was it? You, I know you, you mentioned before the exploration mm-hmm. of planets. Uh, what was your favorite planet? Well, uh, I think mean, Super Metroid, in my opinion, was was uh, was uh, was the one I enjoyed the most. But they did a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in doing actually in Metroid Prime as well. But um, I mean, yeah, for for me, it was mostly about about the exploration. But I mean, you know, to hit what you said a minute ago with Monkey Island, though, I actually think that that. Uh, it's important to like get really clear what the emotion is, right? And then try and capture that because I, I think that you know like that stuff from our childhood was uh, 
was uh, I don't know what the word is sacrosanct or I guess the word like it's yeah. just it's really important and it's it's a special stuff but it's like sacred it's yeah like it's sacred integral. that's the word yeah. I was looking for yeah, yeah. but uh, although but that, that was very uh, apropos of you to use sacrosanct <laughs> oh hello <laughs> that was that was nice I like yeah. that yeah that was good no cheers well yeah well, I don't I don't want to be screwing with that stuff but the thing <laughs> is I, you kind of get too close to Metroid right because it's like I don't want to like take too much from the game design that kind of stuff and just make a sort of metroid clone but if the game is something new and people can experience uh you know a new thing while being attracted to it because you know it draws on some of the feelings that they had when they played those great games and that's that's my goal for sure and i think that's the best of both worlds right because those games did something amazing you know all that stuff but for the fall yeah it's it's more sort of like the exploration and one interesting area after another and less so um, the the combat and the acrobatics and and that right. aspect of it. Um, I got a I got a quick question for you. Sure, yeah, With bring it. Regards to Metroid. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is this a spoiler about Metroid? If we talk about the fact that Samus is a girl. Oh no no no! no. If you don't know that, you should turn your nerd card. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well. Uh, yeah, like so. The main character in the game Metroid, uh, it, uh, Samus, it mm-hmm. is uh, is a lady, and uh, at one point in time, it was really really crazy for for females to be the lead in anything. It's true, yeah. Right. So, um, I was just wondering, what would be more offensive to you? Okay, <laughs> this is like a mini take on our game. We usually play this game called <laughs> Too Offensive. <laughs> awesome. I <laughs> can't wait, man. Okay, so here's the offensive thing. What would be more offensive to you? Um, Seeing as how you hold all the cards in your own career, uh, uh-huh. being being a developer and, and designer, I hope so. Uh, well, uh, I I wouldn't hope that uh, this would paint you into a corner. Oh, politically. please, please, I can't wait. Bring oh, it. Okay. Uh, in your opinion, what would be worse? Yeah. Um, if uh, EA Sports, or if EA, I should just say, Electronic Arts, uh, purchased the rights to Metroid, do they have the rights? Does this question make sense? Uh, I'm, I'm, I no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, Nintendo has the rights, obviously. Yeah, yeah right. They own that. Yeah, right, right. Okay. So, <laughs> if somehow Electronic Arts, in a weird way, okay, had the rights to Metroid, what would be more offensive? Them changing Samus to a male oh, that's character. A good one. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to find out what the second one is. <laughs> so, them changing Samus to a male character, or. Or them actually doing a and sponsoring and producing a live action retelling of Monkey Island, what would be the worst of the oh, two? Oh, I would say uh, a live action retelling. I, before you answer, I want to remind you, sir, yeah. that Need for Speed opens this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, yeah, theaters. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, go ahead. I think that uh, it would be worth changing Samus, uh, <laughs> because a retelling that's something that people can. Uh, can either enjoy or not enjoy, and if they hate it, then it's just kind of that thing that 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 just kind of disappeared, and and it's like it never existed. But if you're like changing the IP, if Samus <laughs> is a dude, that's like irre- that's like it's broken now. Yeah, it's like Jar Jar Binks. It's like he exists. That is now in the universe in, in canon. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's totally. It's, it's in there, right? Yeah. So. When when people uh, tweak the intellectual property of something, when so many hands get their hands so like on something yeah like that it's it's very sacred sacrosanct yeah it makes makes me feel very concernicus whenever i think about uh certain people having access to to intellectual property like that it's true man and uh, and i I, since i brought up star wars i feel bad for george lucas i like the pressure that guy must be under like he must get like he's like the target of a lot of hatred well i think he he in his own way has like really brought on a lot of that stuff because well, like I mean it seems that way I guess <laughs> uh, his revisionist approach to to his own series is right. weird I don't know here yeah. the best way I could probably describe how I feel about this would be like the the guy who invented animated JPEGs like the GIFs oh that's right yeah, yeah right yeah. okay so GIFs yeah everyone calls them GIFs yeah, yeah for yeah. decades now right totally we're like it, it's a GIF yeah he comes out l- earlier last year and says Ladies and gentlemen, it's pronounced GIF. Yeah, and I don't even care. I'm yeah. calling it GIF. That, I'm, that, no way, exactly buddy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like, so he, yeah. so literally, he is the sole creator of something that everyone uses and everyone knows, but everyone calls it what he, it, he considers to be the wrong name. But somehow, he's still wrong. Like, and yeah. and that's where I think that's where George Lucas exists in like that stratosphere where 
everyone has an opinion on it at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. the guy who made it, his, it's not, not even the most valid one. Yeah, but that GIF guy, though, I think uh, he might just be a troll. Because that sounds like something, <laughs> that would be like a funny thing for me to do. Be like, yeah, fuck you, it's GIF, and just yeah. see what happens, right? After 22 <laughs> unprecedented years of, of, of GIF. Now it's GIF. Yeah, that's I like. It's a weird thing. <laughs> Rock I, your world. That's odd though. That that, uh, <clears throat> like I don't know. Let's relate this to ourselves here. Like, mm. um, let's say five, ten years down the line, uh, the fall, um, wherever it may be in a series, mm-hmm. uh, where whatever capacity, because you're releasing episodes episodically, mm-hmm. right? So wherever the game may be at that point in development in five, ten years, wherever it is, uh, someone on the sidelines you've never met ever comes yeah. it comes out and writes like fan fiction for it yeah. and oh, totally changes the canon oh, i hope it's hypersexualized fan fiction yeah but like, not, like... Okay, but like then the fan base that is already appreciating the game looks at that writing and they go yeah that makes sense and then they kind of take <laughs> yeah. that as the new canon that's weird yeah. because if yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. well i didn't sanction that and i certainly you know like what how do you how does that make you feel i know that's crazy I, well i think that uh well honestly with this with the fall though i i kind of want to leave it at three episodes i mean three? yeah because i think that like i got a runner on board now and we're doing some really great stuff he's fantastic and um, we're doing some really good stuff to, to sort of look at, like, the story that we're telling and, and just sort of kind of sum it up and be like, this is what we're saying and this is it. And, um, I mean, you know what, though? Like, when I look back at the IPs that are really awesome, mm-hmm. the, the stuff that I enjoy, like, I just watched Jurassic Park again. Um, the, the first day. one? The first one, yeah. And maybe it's a bad example because they went, or maybe it's a good example because they went and made a couple more. And I didn't watch the second one. The third one was... I, I remember being very boring, but the first movie is fantastic. I can't and recall if just I saw leave the it, second you know? one or the third one, but the first one was was really good. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's really good. And it just gets better. Have or like ever, Forrest yeah. Gump's another one. I just watched the other day for like for the first time in like you know ten years or whatever. And Forrest it's another Gump's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's and I mean I'm not saying that I'm going to make a story that's even on par with that. This is amazing. But the point is that it's like yeah, they're you know they said what they were going to say and and it's awesome and they just left it. I kind of I kind of want to do that. Who's who's writing? you right now you mentioned you, a friend you of mine named caleb allard who's caleb like yeah really talented guy like amateur dude but like very very good and it's like man uh is this his first uh, uh video game credit i do it is yeah it is his first that's awesome yeah. you have like totally fresh talent on on board mm-hmm, that's, that's mm-hmm. a very, very good perspective to have uh, oh cheers yeah. forward, which is cool i like that i mean you yourself have a lot of a lot of good uh production and, and writing like i mean actually your development credits are are Huge! You've done. You've worked um, with uh, like you've worked on Company of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you worked on uh, Dawn of War Two, mm-hmm. um, uh, both uh, previously with Relic mm-hmm. and via THQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What's your opinion on THQ's demise? We had a uh, Seamart on a couple episodes ago, right? And uh, uh, we were joking like his new o- overlords are <laughs> are Sega, Sega right. America, or Sega whatever. And they it sounds like they're doing a pretty good job too. I think they? that they've yeah. I, they, I mean, I yeah. don't have any visibility into it. But. Well, he had mentioned that THQ exists only now as a uh, like a. <laughs> it only exists as an entity that can be sued or can sue. Like <laughs> it's not a it's not a real company anymore. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I thought it was defunct. He's like, no, no, it exists, just like in a litigation status. Amazing. So, so that's interesting. Right? Do you have a, like your time there? How do you feel about your time there? I I don't know. I mean, I always <clears> thought that like in terms of how the company was run, it seemed to be it seemed to be run well. I don't know like what brought them down, and I don't have the insight into like running a company of that size to even be able to guesstimate of what the problems were or why it right. got to that point. I do know, um, I do just remember having the feeling when we were done coming heroes and opposing fronts also that the, Which was uh, the uh, add on. Yeah. Sorry. Right. That's the expansion pack. Yeah. And, uh, I remember having the feeling like the advertising wasn't there. Like we worked on this thing and I, you know, I kind of saw it like on the shelf at London drugs. I know that's cool. But other than that, it's like, you know, I think we had a TV spot, but I never saw it. Yeah. Like where's the marketing in the, in the high market area, like exactly. spike or something like that. Right. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think that the reason, uh, that was given to me when I've asked about that is that THQ is a company that like traditionally they get like, uh, like, like IP from like, you know, like they do the, the Disney Pixar movies, right? Right. So the Incredibles. And you don't have to market the Incredibles because come Christmas time, some grandmother's going to buy her son the Incredibles <laughs> Game Boy Advance game or whatever it is, you know? like So just, they have like 200,000 units for sure that'll ship. Yeah, because exactly. Because Monsters University or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, it, I mean, maybe if the company's built around that kind of deal, then that's the way it works and they would have a hard time getting into a different area. But the truth of the matter is, 
I have no idea. <laughs> you have to have Brian Farrell on the show and ask him. Fair enough. Uh, you, you actually left there quite a bit uh, yeah, before they, yeah, like before they, they, like you went independent. How many years before? Beforehand, uh, man, before it's hard to say. Nasty, I, I did. Uh, I think I uh, let's say I started there. I think it was two thousand five. I started there, and I think I left two thousand seven. Was it? I, I'm not. I'm not very good at dates, so I'm kind of a uh, an idiot in that area. But. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of did like indie stuff off and on. Like I worked at a smaller studio, and shortly after that, I I just decided like maybe I'll go on the internet and see if I can find a programmer. And we made a small game called Raycatcher, which is not a masterpiece by any means, but it was my first attempt. Raycatcher is badass, man. Oh, you played it? Well, you know, it features a soundtrack. Of some, course it does. Some, yeah, you uh, were you were in it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I for, how could I forget? <laughs> oh, dude, that's badass. Oh yeah, that's true. Some uh, yeah, we've medium known each other handsome well. gentlemen yeah. were involved in that. That's what I understand. That's yeah, well, all I know. I've heard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And that, that was, was a cool like that was a cool partnership that worked out really good. Yeah, I I thought that uh um like in a collaborative sense, that was one of my first experiences um becoming involved with uh uh video game placements oh, really? and, and whatnot. Yeah. So like that that uh that was a cool world to open up. And mm-hmm. I mean since then, you know, I I've I've done a I've done a couple uh little indie games i did this like oh, uh nice. this hockey general manager game called hockey brass mm-hmm. uh, i think it got stuck in limbo of uh green light on steam oh, i don't, I don't think yeah. it ever went anything there but yeah. yeah i did like their theme music and stuff it was like oh, bam, cool. bam, 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 bam. i just like i basically listened to blades of steel theme music three thousand times a day and then yeah then i was like i'm gonna do this <laughs> just oh, try man, my that's best awesome. and then like i did uh uh most recently um mm-hmm. signal ops uh which uh came from uh uh, space bullet dynamic and uh yeah I had those guys on the show a that's couple, fantastic yeah yeah with, uh josh and jacob uh oh, yeah. they're formerly of radical yeah. so uh, yeah, they, uh right. something we we talked about on, uh, on that episode with them was uh in vancouver the the uh it's not even slow anymore i was gonna say the slow migration of of uh companies outside of vancouver mm-hmm. after vancouver being a hub for a better part of almost two decades mm-hmm. um uh, of video games um what what would you say is the current status right now with with Vancouver? Is it really splintering off into more I, independent houses? It looks like it. I mean, it's hard to tell because I mean, yeah, there is a, there is a lot more independent stuff, and it's also just a lot easier for indies to survive. So there's a lot of people taking their shot. But Vancouver also isn't working to be competitive with the rest of Canada. But mm. I mean, not that I blame them really, because some of the deals that I mean, you know, there's areas you can go where you you know they'll they'll um, I mean, sorry, it's been a while since I checked, but. Uh, I know that a number of years ago, I think PEI was was paying fifty percent of employees' salaries. Wow, of tax yeah. credit? Oh, no, just like so. If you want to pay somebody like sixty grand a year, you only have to pay them thirty, and the government will pay them the the other thirty. So a fifty percent subsidy. A subsidy. Sorry, yes, that's the word. That's yeah. crazy. That's, yeah, it is. That's yeah, crazy. and I don't I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think they went down to like 30 percent or something or thirty five. But that's like a kind of. Or at least the, a few years ago when I checked, that was kind of a common number. I think you have to own an oil rig to get, like, anything over 20% I, here, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So, so you obviously, the lot loss of the uh, tax reimbursement here uh, yeah. has been, like, a, a huge thorn. I think um, so, yeah. Is there any any industry forecast for what you feel is going to happen? Do you feel like there's going to be a – because THQ mm-hmm. folding, so to speak uh, – was like a huge blow, obviously, and, and then uh, the aforementioned radical right. uh, going under, yeah, which yeah. I think terrible, also terrible shame. I think it also exists in that THQ realm, which is uh, it can be sued or can yeah. sue. <laughs> right. I don't even know if I should. Maybe I say they'll a, sue each other. Yeah, should I say allegedly before this? Because I Why? guess <laughs> that's their only <laughs> that's no idea, their yeah. only purpose. I should be. Yeah, just preface the whole treading. podcast with we don't know what we're talking about. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> this is totally uninformed decisions. Everything yeah. <laughs> we're totally. saying is just uh, we're trying our best. <laughs> uh, I I just yeah like I don't know. Do you feel like um, um, as an independent because uh-huh. it's it's easier to operate? Is, is it also then? Um, becoming more saturated with independence is it is there more uh yeah. hands at, at the refrigerator door so to i speak? do i do feel that but it's so hard to say whether that's like uh well i mean let's just get down to brass tacks like a big part of the question for me is whether or not it's a threat like saturate like if it's saturated you know it's like is that makes it like you know more or less difficult for more indies to enter right and uh and i really don't know like i mean this is gonna sound really cynical and uh 
Um, well, fuck it, I'll just say it. I think I think a lot of stuff being produced is mostly crap. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's cynical. I think that's accurate. You think it's accurate? Absolutely. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, uh, when I when when Signal Ops got released onto Greenlight, mm-hmm. um, that was right when Greenlight had launched. And uh, for people listening at home that don't know what we're talking about, there's uh, this online store called Steam, mm-hmm. and uh, brand new games attempting to enter into that market, which is what like eight, ten million people of, yep. of, of a, a purchasing base that uh, lives. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people go on the site. So it's like getting your game in Walmart, essentially. Yeah, like, like yeah. It'll, it's, it'll, it's important. It's a and huge ga- market. And it'll make or break games. That's like, right. I've seen great games that haven't been greenlit. And, I mean, uh, like Race Against the Sun. And I'm a hypocrite because I actually never bought it. But, but it, so I don't know what I'm talking about right now. But I, but I actually I should go back and buy it because it looks like a lot of fun. And they release their numbers and they're they're like pretty grim. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Did they publicly release that thing? They did, yeah. And I don't remember what they were, but they weren't like. I mean, I think in the first like month, they they think they said they had, like ten grand, like or something like that. It might have been in revenue or units. In uh, in revenue, ten grand in revenue. I at, think so. Probably like fifteen a game. Is that how much? Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't know well, what the I, numbers are, but regardless, I mean, uh, if that wasn't within their anyway. mark, yeah, that that's not. Yeah, what they like wanted. it doesn't. You can't support yourself as an indie, even right. if you're just eating craft dinner and whatever, right? It's like it's you know, still got a team tough. to pay and everything. Yeah, so, so and it's kind of a sketchy issue. But I think that's uh, I think that so there's there's the there's a percentage of it that's crap, and then there's also the percentage that are good games, but maybe they don't have like the marketing awareness. Uh, one of the things that's why I did a Kickstarter campaign is not just to raise money to actually be like, I'm only going to put a little bit of time into this game and then test the water. Be like, does anybody give a damn? And I figured, well, you know, I asked for 17 and I'm like, okay, well, if I can get a minimum quality job done for 17, then I know that there's going to be enough people that will buy it. Right. That I can make the, the next episode for, you know, maybe I'll generate another 17 and I can do it again and again. But yeah, so I got a little bit more, so I get to put a little more polish into it, but hopefully. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's a hard balance between, like, you know, I'm an artist and I want to create my stuff. I said that with Lisp. It sounded like homophobic <laughs> ar- ar- or something. <laughs> Arthith. Yeah, sorry. It's almost like <clears throat> Sangria. Sangria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with there, but uh, so yeah, so uh, so yeah, that's a hard balance. Well, right. yeah, I think that like um, the the approach you took, saying okay, I can do this at mm. a minimum for seventeen thousand. Yeah. Um, um, but then the response, which was overwhelming, right? Mm. You you cleared double that. Yeah, I think you mm. did one hundred and twenty percent above your. Yeah, I got thirty eight. That's a that, little over thirty eight. Yeah. Right, and then that's like, I mean, that's. Very impressive. They're, oh, they're, sure. Thank you. Um, the fact that the amount of people that that saw the game were impressed by it, loved the trailer. I love the trailer myself. Oh, um, thanks. Man. I thought that was really well done. But oh, the people that saw that and were like, "Okay, I'm gonna get involved and support it," mm-hmm. and not just like it. Like you were mentioning that that title. Uh, what was that one we were just talking about? The mm-hmm. one you said that you were. Oh, Race Against the Sun. Right. Where someone can like a title, but then still not some for whatever reason support it. Whatever yeah. reason, you know, like yeah. there's there's obviously an energy block there in your head where you're like, oh, I just didn't do it. I yeah, there, there's a, well, there's also a thing for me where I think if it was on Steam, I would have bought it. If but, it was on Steam, right? Yeah, but it's just like, I just, I'm, I know this sounds like almost stupid, but it's like, I'm just used to giving them my money. <laughs> right. Well, <so> Steam, <laughs> something like that, you know, I don't like know. Steam has, where I buy uh, games. they have like this weird draw to them where, where yeah. like, uh, if it's on there, first of all, the, the prestige now that they've opened it through green light, yeah. Of being like, okay, if you're if you're not an already existing subsidiary of Valve, mm-hmm. then uh, you need to go through this green lighting process, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I was kind of mentioning earlier. Was you're not wrong; it's not cynical or, or whatnot to say that games are, are not quality. Like, there's a lot of crap out there. The yeah. reason I know that is because when Signal Ops went on green light again, mm-hmm. it was like right when it first started, and uh, it just it was such a novelty to oh well browse these titles. Any t- it'll randomize 10 titles in your queue and it'll say hey check out these 10 titles in a row uh, yeah. if you like them vote them up if you don't vote them down if we you know, whatever one we generate we'll pick the ones that get the best feedback and votes or whatever and those mm-hmm. ones go into the, the store that, that's how it works right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the ones I was coming across were like zombie game zombie game zombie game yeah, totally. uh, first person shooter zombie game yeah. there's never any shooter. art done or no, like design it's, it's, it's weird even. but like you know, some of the zombie ones were pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. there's that one that was like a, um, like an isometric. It looked like a Diablo type. Okay, you know okay, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. And there, there was a zombie. Man, I wish I could remember the title of that one. But it was, it was like a, 
if you, you only live once mm-hmm. kind of thing and mm-hmm. if you die your character dies and you can only save the game when you can actually like sleep in a safe home and it was like randomly generated environments right. huge 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 and it was like multiplayer so it was, mm-hmm. you can run into people and either work in groups or they could kill you it was like be a real zombie uh, yeah, uh, experience i just thought that yeah. was cool i didn't know how well it was executed once the game was completed but that got green lit and i i realized i'm like okay so creativity may or may not be as appreciated in this market as as much as they're trying to say like if if, if the purchasing market if, if the buyers themselves are deciding what's going to be in the market yeah uh then your choices are going to eventually narrow wouldn't you think that's a weird paradox yeah to... well i think that it's okay yeah it's true but well not if you can sell because i think that like like i mean um i actually that video that i did and thank you very much for the lovely compliment oh the, you did it really well i uh, thought cheers and the trailer is like there's like a, i think it's either like the i think it's the fifth iteration i did like like there's like three completed versions on my uh on my computer that just weren't working and i think that like yeah like there's a there's a big uh, effort into getting really clear with the emotions that you're trying to sell because primarily you're selling feelings, right? Right. Like, you convey yourself very well in the video. Well, cheers. Like you're talking about your original inspirations with video games, jumping up and down playing Mario 2. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to relate to the audience a little bit. Right. And yeah. like the amount of people out there that were like, hey, I remember that. I remember when Mario, or the right. first time I, I played so. Mario 2, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, the, the, that's like a, it's like, why can Luigi jump so much farther? That's like that mm-hmm. kind of thing, like the kicking leg. <laughs> sure, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, th- those kind of feelings. When I first watched it, I was like, okay, obviously your passion shines through. Right. Um, are there other games that you are, are, like, passionate about that didn't bear mention within the video? Um, oh, God, I too many to list. I mean, yeah, every year there's, like, a whole bunch. I almost can just give you the last few that I played. I just finished playing Hotline Miami a little while ago. Nice. That game is amazing. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to, like, really dig into it yet. I, I can't say I've had the opportunity at the moment. No. I love it. Yeah, vibe-wise, it's just amazing, too, music. But, um, yeah, I don't know. When I was a kid, like, all that kind of stuff, like Mario and then, uh, you know, Zelda, like, uh, like Link 2, I think I played, and, and that was, like, amazing, obviously. We played a lot right, of that. Right, right. But... Um, oh, and then Final Fantasy, of course, like you know, on the Super Nintendo, all that kind of stuff, like Final uh, Fantasy six. Six. Yeah, six and four were like really big in Chrono Trigger and all those yeah, all those square stuff. Yes, you know, Final Fantasy three for yeah. me, which I think was in the U.S. It was three, but it was supposed to be four in Japan. I don't know. Right? Like yeah, that. it's all it's all <laughs> it's all mixed up. I have to get my geek card validated. <laughs> Clearly, I only know uh, portions of the story. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I can't keep up with so many, some uh, like so many games being made nowadays. I haven't played like just you know, it's crazy how much stuff is being made. I started playing The Last of Us. Oh, so good. Oh, uh, that was cool. I, I'm, I'm only about, uh, I guess, playing time wise, I'm only about maybe 30 minutes into the game, but oh, it, it's really? it's badass. Like, yeah. like I don't have a lot of time. Like, like much as uh, I relate to you with, sure. with uh, you know creating the game, like your. Your success is your own responsibility. You're, you're right. totally no. No one can depend on anything but you. Like you have to. You yeah, have yeah. to do it. It's all, a little right? anxiety creating. You gotta. You gotta yeah. bust ass. So you don't want to take the time to play video games. Exactly. I mean, yeah. off air, we were talking about taking responsibility for your own success. Yeah. And we were saying like, uh, very few people that right. uh, like Stuart Wilde says, yeah, like very few people that become extremely successful mm-hmm. um, are. Uh, are able to do so without taking responsibility for their own lives. Yeah, and people that true, do yeah. that right away, they're so far ahead. Um, what what point did you realize you were yourself uh, were going to take responsibility for your own success? Were you just at Relic one day working and you're like, oh yeah, you know well, what? I, I I think I'm gonna do my own thing. How, what what happened? Right. Well, I used to be a, a bitter, cynical arsehole, and uh, and I kind of used to come at life in a way that everything was like a series of boundaries that were restraining. Right. So it's like whatever job I had, I hated it. You know, it's like oh, fuck this place, whatever. I'm you know I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna be my own boss. And uh, I no longer feel that way anymore, of course. But but I don't know. It just just kind of like I think that a healthy dose of cynicism, kind of to be like. Like wherever I am, I could just kind of like feel trapped because mm. I think I think most yeah. people have that experience. Like you mm-hmm. know, even if they love their job, there's like there's always this feeling of like, um, you know, maybe I should do something else or you know what you know what do I really want to do? Right. And it's I think for me like there's this idea that's that's interesting for me always, which is like it's scary and like yeah, you might not want to start a business, but you can think about it. 
And thinking about it is like a big piece of the puzzle, just like becoming familiar with the idea. And uh, totally it, correct. Yeah. Yeah, you dig, you dig. And and uh, it wasn't until I I, uh, I left Relic and worked in another small studio. Um, afterwards, um, I just kind of was like, eh, one day I was in a weird mood and I was like, you know what? How hard would it be? Like, I bet you I could just go on the internet somewhere and be like, hey, I'm a game developer. I have like, you know, I did Company Heroes, even though I'm yeah. just an artist, uh, like a lowly environment artist on it. But uh, sounds like credit to me. Yeah, okay. cheers. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, this guy popped out of the blue, and uh, and my friend had a concept that was really cool, and we just kind of ran with it, and I was like, wow, this is actually really easy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't make any real money to to speak of, but just getting it done is like so rewarding, man. You know? Yeah, like first of all, you're already. 35 steps down the path of of being an entrepreneur at that point like you have a game under your belt cheers i think the the current level of success you're experiencing with the fall Mm. um with with the uh, pre-alpha build going out to the kickstarter supporters uh Mm -hmm. last month in january Mm -hmm. right um clearly uh your whatever pitfalls you might have experienced with ray catcher sure um with, with the development of that game you were able to take those lessons and then use them to, to better yourself and put yourself in a better position when you're making the fall. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I'm sure you found this too. Like, there's a, uh, like, the responsibility is one thing, and that's awesome. And then you still have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> so you've got to, you've just got to build this structure for yourself, this way of being where, you know, this is how I do contracts and this is how I attract people and this is the type of stuff that I want to make and this is how my creative process works. I worked on, like, many projects that I got really excited about and started working on and then bailed and they, they're never finished. Because it's it's a difficult thing to learn that 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 initial spark of like excitement yeah. isn't enough to finish a project, and you got to find your own reasons to do it. The older I become, the more aware I become of of that spark, oh, that yeah. That, yeah. It, that inspiration. Because when you're younger, I feel like it's very easy to take for granted that that first spark. Yeah, that's um, true. I had Phil Lehman, uh, the uh, founder and owner of Amp Records, on, on the podcast oh, wow. a, few, a few weeks ago, very and cool. and uh, Phil. Um, is, is an accomplished writer in his own or own respect in the music industry, mm-hmm. but his uh, his his thoughts on the subject was that uh, inspiration itself that's that's its own entity, like oh, that's like yeah. like it's uh it's almost an its own organism, yeah. And and when it comes to you, it's like, are you going to feed it? Are you going to take care of it? And yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot for the last few weeks. Since Isn't I had it awesome? The show. It's crazy. But I, like the older I get, the more uh, I'm aware of the fact that like inspiration is fewer and farther between at points sometimes it's, it's overflowing but when it does happen i'm much much more uh prime to, yeah. to jump on it like an animal like a like a lion yeah, in the savannah yeah, yeah. with a wildebeest <laughs> that kind of thing yeah totally uh i think that that probably comes from when you're younger you get an idea like in music if you get an idea a melody or something like that comes in your head or whatever you, when you're younger you, you either scribble it down right away or you sure. say oh i'll remember it later yeah but later it might not be exactly what you thought it was, right? Yeah. So now I'm t- I, I take advantage of it. Every, every time I think of something, I'm like, oh, man. Te- cool. Technology affords me the ability to write it down anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why not take advantage of that? Yeah, man. Have you heard the uh, – there's a great TED Talk by Elizabeth Gilbert. I I have um, – I, I, I was like a big TED supporter Yeah. Uh, um, maybe like a couple years ago. Yeah. And over the last year, I've kind of like – distance my listening habits uh, of listening to them. I, I think that there are some really great minds Some of them involved. are kind of subpar. Well, I, I just think that there's some... Have you heard some of the weird stuff about how Ted uh, treats its, its lecturers and guests? Have mm-hmm. you heard this? Never heard. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> there's a qualifier again. <laughs> uh, awesome. the, uh, the idea is that uh, they rent out like a block of rooms at a hotel or yeah. and whatever, and they, they force you to stay there. And they have oh. they have handlers stay with you, not not security or whatever for your protection, but for their investment in you. To, so so they are like, hey, we want you to be on the show. We're paying you whatever. So so we're we, we're gonna make sure you do it. That kind of thing. Uh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. which is kind of okay, I guess. You know, you got to protect your investment, whatever. But at the same time, that's kind of backwards for how talent is generally treated. And that's what you are at that point. Your talent. You're you're drawing other uh, either people. Uh, right. To hear you speak, or right. you're gonna deliver something so groundbreaking that it's gonna be, uh, re- like, just resonating around the world eventually. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of weird that they like they have handlers that make sure that they like take care of you, and also it sounds interesting. They won't let you see people before they like they force you to. Oh go. really? There's like these uh, 
uh, the way, man, I wish, I wish I could remember the name of this guy who was on it. I'll have to look this up. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tweet you after the, the name okay, of this. Okay. But uh, the guy, he he was, like, um, forced to go to these, they're, like, campfire retreats almost with uh, all these other lecturers and stuff. But it's, like, they're babying you. They're, okay, they're, they're yeah. making you, like, hold hands and seance and, yeah, man, everything's going to be fine. And, like, as right. opposed to... You have your own itinerary. You can do whatever you want. You have to follow their direction, what they want you for the day. And sure. I just feel like that's kind of weird. And now when I watch a video and I know that the guest had to go through that for three or four days before they even got to do their talk, I feel like that's... Wow, I'd like to read about that. Yeah. Me, I, uh, that sounds interesting. Presumably they have their reasons, but there is some stuff that, yeah, that's that's just crazy, right? Well, I, I cut you off with that weird that's okay. cult analysis I had of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what were we saying? Elizabeth... Uh, well, Oh yeah, right, right, right. What um, was her name? Yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert, I think. She did. She did uh, eat, pray, love, and this is actually an older, an older one. Back right. when, uh, well, uh, in my opinion, some of the older ones are better quality. But eat, pray, love, otherwise known as the ultimate breakup slash menopause guide for women. Oh, <laughs> really? I've never read it. <laughs> I think every lady who's ever gone through a heartbreak in the last since that book's been oh, released totally. has, has read it. Or whatnot. I know my That's funny. current girlfriend w- went through her eat, pray, love phase yeah. uh, before she started dating me. And, and I was like, really? Like, that's yeah. like, like everyone does that kind of thing. Sure, 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 what sure. What did she say? What yeah. Well, anyway, she was talking about, uh, you know, this idea that uh, she did this huge, you know, book and and, uh, and is now under this tremendous pressure, right? Because she's like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to top that. It's like this big international bestseller. Um, and she, she started kind of looking into this uh, this idea of creativity, and she's like, this like idea of like the the struggling artist, the suffering artist, it's like a relatively new idea. I mean, relatively speaking, um, and she's like, th- she says that she thinks that it's correlated with the advent of this other relatively new idea, which is like the artist is like the um, the the genius behind his work. Like it used to be that that you had a genius that was this thing that you were saying earlier, right? This external force right. that kind of whispered to or whatever, and had all these ideas. But since we've kind of taken that on, it's like, oh, no, I, John Warner, am the, the guy that makes all this stuff. It's like, well, that's a lot of pressure because, you know, if, you know, maybe my ideas are bad or I can't, like, bring them into existence, then it's me and my fault and this kind of stuff. But, you know, whether it's, like, rationally accurate or not, there's some, like, really good psychological benefits to believing, for example, like, or just seeing it, seeing creativity as, like, an external force that kind of talks to you sometimes and whatever, you know? It's like... Um, so it's it's interesting process. That's it's really interesting that um, she would correlate those two ideas because the, the idea that you are a vessel uh-huh. and and like I like I was saying like a muse comes yeah. in and and whispers in your ear and that's the idea and then yeah. the pressure's off you because you totally. know that there's yeah. like this maybe you just have a crappy muse if he's giving you bad ideas. That's right. You're like oh, I tried my best. I guess I didn't yeah. pull the right card or whatever. Yeah. But but you're right now. There's like this this pressure that oh my god uh, if I don't personally see to this success yeah. it, it's uh, it's on me and it's only me yeah, yeah, um, yeah i think that that kind of pressure is is the kind of stuff that you and i would like or any entrepreneur out there would would live with every single day mm. like as a producer uh in music yeah you're always on yeah i don't know do you experience this i i, I might envy you a little bit if you don't <laughs> but, no, what do you mean? but um i i basically um at any point in time, I'm producing uh, four to eight clients. Right. Um, okay, right. And, yeah, and yeah. then uh, within that, I'm doing a lot of one-off composition stuff where I'm composing for, like, I work with a few directors that do so viral videos. So you need to be creative. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. So I, I need lines. that. Yeah. That's right. In that, that well, mm-hmm. I go back with that bucket every day, and I'm like, what's in there and i'm like okay cool well, this is there and then yeah i know what you mean yeah and yeah. so when, like but outside of that when i'm not in the few whatever moments i'm not doing that yeah i still have to be on yeah because i'm still me and i never know where the next client is gonna come from or or whatnot and that pressure is almost sometimes more pressure to me than anything else because um when i think maybe when we first met mm-hmm. uh you mentioned earlier about being like uh like you used to be uh, like aggressive in nature, like well, rip, just, rip the system kind of person. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That that mindset, I think you agree, like that negative kind of mm-hmm. mindset. 
um, when I first met you a few years ago, that I was very much in the midst of that. And I, I, oh, yeah, you do, I, eh? Yeah, yeah awesome. I'm also a reformed member. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I like to think that I've, I've grown beyond that. But yeah. part, of, uh, part of doing that is, like what we were talking earlier, is accepting responsibility for, sure. for what you were doing. And like, yeah. if the responsibility of that means that, okay, I'm, I'm in a, a profession that, that I'm going to have to do this forever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to always be on. There are very, very few breaks in between. Yes, true. And yeah. and the benefits are huge. Yeah. But the the downtime is nil. Um, yeah. Dude, I got you know what though I totally understand and I, in my opinion and this is because I like it's a hard thing to master because I'm totally not there. Right. I think the key word right. is balance. Right. And exactly. Because if you have a balanced lifestyle and you're healthy, and then have like faith. Faith is like because I'm an atheist and there's Same. like. Same. Right. Cheers. So there, there's like <laughs> that word has got like religious connotations, but there it's like a really important. Like I have faith, for example, that I can find food. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't be here. I'd be out like hoarding food somewhere, you know, thinking that I could starve or whatever. Be Your hoarding, priorities right? like, would change dramatically. You wouldn't exactly. be like, can we do intergalactic interviews and be like, I have to find a wildebeest <laughs> exactly basically is the idea totally yeah and i think that it works the same with creativity you know like if you you have faith that you can go to the well and if you're just open and, and relaxed and put your bucket down there something will come in and uh i'm sure you find that it always has you know well i i think i've uh i've kind of but i get anxious about it too don't get me wrong yeah yeah oh absolutely for sure yeah. I, I would think okay here's what i meant by like envying you is like you have to work in, in in the video game industry crunch time is psychotic oh, like it is. That, yeah, that's it like is. like in in music crunch time generally comes in the last 2 weeks of of like a like if it's an album cycle or something like that you're everything you're doing is devoted to getting that done like mm-hmm. other projects even suffer and sometimes when you can't then you're just spinning more plates trying to make <laughs> things happen right sure um how long does crunch time generally last within the video game industry oh it's so different from place to place and pr- there's producers out there what, that what are, about the fall I oh mean, like, it's all constant well, you're not, still in the midst of it obviously well, and, and i kind of work in a semi-crunch i mean i've been doing like probably like minimum averaging 60 hours a week since last january um and often i do 80 hours a week like like quite often actually but it's different it, it doesn't count because it's my own project and there's, there's so much emotional stuff that comes into working in an environment. Maybe you have a boss who's an asshole. You don't want to really be there. You want to be home with your girlfriend. Right. Like, this is this is what I do. It's it's I love it. You know, it's ability for me to express myself. And I get to do art for a week. And then when I'm doing, doing art, guess what? I have to program something. So it's like, it's it doesn't really compare. There's like a, there's like a, such a, a wider scope of, of like freedom that I can flow in that it's, it's just like, there's, uh, there's way more room to like just feel centered and grounded as a human being and also you know i work out of my place so if i want to in the middle of the gym i can run out of the gym uh you, sorry if i want to in the middle of the day i can run out of the gym you go to the you, so you, you work out then i'm trying to yeah well i'm just getting started so i'm just you know doing push-ups and and you know lifting weights you, a little bit but how long have you been working out then? oh man like i think i think we've been doing it since uh, well yeah i guess we started like uh it would have been january beginning of just just january just the other couple months now so man like nine weeks yeah, not long. I just started, and I hated exercise up until that point. And for some reason, something clicked in me finally. I mean, maybe you've had this experience where it's just like, like I just don't want to get off my ass and do anything. <laughs> and then someday, for some reason, because <clears throat> you think about it long enough, and then I'm like, actually, it's kind of like investing in myself, and I kind of like yeah. the idea. Like it's kind of neat, and it's it's been motivating me. That's what I love about our our two industries is there's so many relatable points. Like oh yeah, like I have a producer body type <laughs> like okay. I, like i have uh <laughs> clearly i am the result of late night meals and yeah. and uh poor choices you know like that, sure. that like that's how i <laughs> feel i look you <laughs> that's know? you and me man yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's probably the most negative way to put it but like uh just today i i started working out again but this is like my sixth uh, attempt to yeah. get back into it I, I broke my collarbone for the third time yeah like maybe five six years ago and uh I've tried a few times to get back into it, but every time I get to the point where I feel like I'm about to make some gains or increase some weight or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it, just, comes it just comes back. Yeah, it's yeah. bad, man. Like, it's, you know, it broke like three times. and Dude, that's hard. It's hard. Well, actually, just when I was listening to you say you do push-ups, mm-hmm. like push-ups for me are 
like I, yeah. I have an easier time with weights and machines Dude, and stuff like that yeah. than, than well, to do a push up. Push-ups are like surprisingly difficult, especially when you got a you're a little hefty, and it's like you know, I mean, you could start by doing it against a wall, I guess, but it's like yeah, you're you're. They're like just doing one push up and you're out of shape is not easy. No, you know, like one. not at all. Like Especially it, if you got an injury like yourself. Jesus. No kidding. Yeah, like like I don't know the the rehab on that was was much longer than it was supposed to be. I think because it was the third time it broke. But yeah. it was like uh, it's the kind of injury where you're just looking back to getting mobile again. You don't think further down the line, will I be able to work out? To right. a point that can I can change my appearance or whatever. I know what so, you mean. dude, I got I got a buddy who blew out his ankle. He used to work uh, sanitation and hopped just hopped up a garbage truck one day, just you know nonchalant, and just came down on his ankle wrong, and just it just exploded. I don't know what happened to his ankle, Jesus but Christ. really badly injured. And yeah, he's still he's still suffering from it. Like his ankle probably will never fully recover. And working out is like really hard. Like he used to be in much better shape, and now it's like, well, he's got a treadmill and he tries to walk and he does this, that, and the other thing. But it's like you just you can't be physically active when walking gives you pain, right? Sounds like that Louis C.K. bit, you know, where he's like, yeah, I went to the doctor the other day, and <laughs> yeah. the, guy, the doctor's like, well, your ankles, you know, it's not, it doesn't work. And he's like, well, what do I do to fix it? And he's like, we can't. It's just yeah. shitty now. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's a, what do you mean? Like, the what if I was an athlete? Yeah, and the doctor's like, you're not, you're not an athlete. You're not an Let's athlete. Not yeah, go down. That. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> he's brilliant. Oh man, Dude, Louis C.K. and uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Yeah, We're gonna go see uh, Bill Burr uh, on the nineteenth. That's I right. Think. Is it the nineteenth or seventeenth? I, I don't. I gotta check my. Is phone. it St. Patty's Day? I oh shit I don't know I never because I don't know that. I've been thinking about that I'm like here we got fucking Billy Red Balls from from Boston coming in man that guy's like my hero no kidding he's so funny and I'm gonna check my phone and actually find out what date it you is. you tell me that which is you know boring what? podcast material but no I that's okay give a shit. that's what we're doing that's yeah exactly I'm, I'm going on the 19th the 19th here I'm going to the late show are you going to the early show oh hell I don't okay yeah I think I am going to the late show actually late shows are at uh, where ten yeah, ten p.m. man I'll be there yeah definitely um um I I'm gonna. I'm going to say that the late show is going to be so badass. Got to thank my dude Amit for getting tickets because I was so heartbroken when uh, the uh, the early show sold out. I woke up specifically like a couple hours early that day and was yeah. like, I'm going to get ready for this. And uh, so I was up, like tickets go on say like 10 a.m. Pacific time. I was up at like 7. I was like pacing. <laughs> so I was oh getting, I was God. ready for it. And as I'm picking my seats, it was like 10.02. Everything was sold out, gone. Everything was gone. It was so quick. It was. I was like, ah, oh. I resigned myself in my head. Like, oh, I guess we won't get it. And then a couple hours later, my friend texted me. and was like, hey, I got a bunch of tickets. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, really? that's clutch, man. Yeah. I don't get it. I I kind. I think I was really lucky. I think I kind of bumbled onto it. I was like, oh yeah, Billboard's having a show. And then I saw the link for tickets. So I clicked on it and bought some tickets. And maybe because <laughs> the early show sold out first, and I just got lucky. Yeah. But oh, I didn't. I had no idea how lucky I was. I was checking out go. the tour dates. Bill Burr's doing three days. In Vancouver, three different sets, and yeah, right. Yeah. Everyone else in Canada, I think he does one. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's. Think about that. That's yeah, it's pretty cool. Where else Bill would Bill that happen? Like we're a guy like, like Aerosmith does that shit where they show up and they'll do like we're gonna do New York twice and then right. Milan and then you know like these yeah. big spots. It's like Bill Burr is gonna do, like Moncton. And then yeah. fucking Saskatoon, and then yeah. he's gonna do Vancouver three times or something. Like, yeah, well, a... Canada's weird. There's like, there's a few <laughs> cities, and there's a lot of nothing in between, man. That is true. <laughs> it is true, and, and I don't know. I'm looking forward to to seeing him live. I, I saw Charlie Murphy live. Oh, he did. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that was probably the last big comic I saw. What's that. he like? Charlie Murphy. He had a really good bit about. Uh, uh, well, first of all, he comes out on stage, and uh, it's just. Un, like it was deafening it was like right around the time Chappelle had just come back from Africa so so it, it oh, was okay, like right. the height of his media stuff so everyone wanted to know what he thought about it and stuff and um, <laughs> so uh, I went with my brother G-Tone and we were just uh, thoroughly drunk and uh, we're watching the show and uh, he comes out and he's uh, actually I should mention right now mm-hmm. uh, the guy who opened up for Charlie Murphy was Sonny Dollywall and he's going to be on the show next week and, oh, uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, oh, wow. That's yeah, a good he's going to be on our That's show really... next week. He's a fucking funny, funny dude, man. That yeah. was the first time I ever saw him, and uh, we've linked up uh, a few times since then. Uh, uh, he's good friends with an artist I produced, so we, that's how we linked up. But, yeah, he's going to be on the show. But um, Charlie Murphy comes out, and he just stands there for, like, maybe eight minutes, ten minutes, and he just stands there, and he's just <laughs> like, yeah, get it out. Get it out. And everyone's like, 
I'm Rick James, bitch. And it was like, like just yelling every <laughs> phrase amazing. ever. And he just stands there. He's like, yeah, yeah, just get it out. Get yeah. it out. Oh, okay, okay. If you talk once during my set, I'm going to come fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> he was just like so funny, man. Anyway. great. You had this good bit about, uh, you had this bit about, uh, uh, man, I hate looking out outside. It's, uh, it's spring. You know, you look out and you're like, oh, it's sunny out. It's nice. And you go out and it's cold as fuck. I hate mm-hmm. that. It's like the fake summer. Yeah. I hate spring. Yeah, and then he's yeah, like, yeah. I hate fall too. Because yeah. fall, you go out there and you're like, oh, it's going to be s- snow out there. And then you go out there and then it's too cold. I hate that. It's like the fake winter. <laughs> like, <what> the, <laughs> it's like the, we- the weirdest. Yeah, this Weirdest delivery. Yeah. And like his... Uh, his take on things are just weird. And he had, he had this whole matrix piece. I don't even know if he still does this bit, but he like, he talked about how the world is probably flipped inside out. Like what we think is real <laughs> oh my God. is probably not real. Cause he's like, how can I be a famous person? Think he's like, let me tell you, oh, I, I, I grew, I grew yeah, up yeah. like kicking ass yeah. and now I'm famous. Like we live in bizarro world. Or exactly. Something. And then he's like, <laughs> our president's black. You know, like, yeah. he's like he's like this makes no sense. That's a that's a comforting thought for a lot of folks, man. That's that like, is yeah, it's, it's like nice. certainly a sign of uh, progress. Explain a few damn things. Do you think uh, you'd be comfortable answering some listener questions? Oh man, bring it! Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, every episode for ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening. Uh, we go ahead and we uh, turn to social media and uh, we announce guests ahead of time. Who's going to be on the show uh, here at uh, Intergalactic Interviews? And uh, go to the Twitter feed. Uh, we go to the Twitter feed. We go to Facebook. We go through email. And uh, yeah, these are these are a few of the ones that were submitted. I got to pull them up if you, if you'll uh, allow me to be so entertaining to look at my phone on the Hopefully podcast. There's nothing uh, too hateful. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Just one sec here. Uh, some of these are like <laughs> just like pretty. If you get one that's like, what did you do with that dead body? Don't just don't read it. Okay, this one's really personal, in terms of your knowledge. Like, I, I don't okay. know, I don't know how uh, how adept you'll be at answering this or not. But uh, this question comes in via email. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, John Warner. Yeah. Do you remember that song mm-hmm. you did with Zenny D uh, from? I do remember from the Boomsday Alliance. Yeah. Back, I think it was called 1873 or something. Ask, at, and then they kind of changed the, and then they changed the how they're saying it, and they say it to me. So now they're like, ask yeah. him about that, okay. <laughs> even though they addressed <laughs> yeah, it yeah. to you. <laughs> <laughs> they're just screwing with you, basically. These people. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I cold read that to you. Yeah. That was that was good. I should have went over. I'm, that I'm not sure how to respond. I do. I do remember. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was, that was fun. Yeah, we got drunk and recorded that up in the top of uh, of Jules' apartment, right? 1873 at the palace. Yeah. Yeah, the palace, palace possibilities. I remember that. Good times. Uh, this uh, this also came in via email. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a a quick one. I don't know. Okay. Uh, paper or plastic? Oh, paper. Paper's recyclable, man. Paper's plastic. recyclable? Is it, well, yeah. Well, I used to recycle Wait plastic. a minute. Doesn't paper... You can. No, you're like... right. Maybe it's made of hemp paper. Hemp paper. I pick <laughs> hemp paper. Wait, so you pick hemp paper... Which wasn't an option. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Make my own damn options, man. <laughs> totally about breaking rules, right? Okay. The rip the system guy. I got something for you here. Okay. okay. Uh, this one came in via email as well. I got a lot of email questions. Uh-huh. Um, usually, usually Facebook is the one that crushes one. But uh, um, oh, this one you kind of covered already. Uh-huh. But okay. uh, I'll bring it. But uh, it's, it says, uh, John Warner, how is making a game by yourself easier than making one with a whole team? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I did a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's it's easy because uh, your communication skills you can take them and flush them down the toilet, because uh, I don't need to talk to anybody basically. <laughs> I don't need to explain my ideas. I just do what I want. Uh, I can schedule myself. I'm not dependent on anyone. And uh, and yeah, it's 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 actually I'm, I'm running into a funny thing is is uh, when I need to bring people on, I'm even worse at explaining. <laughs> like I swear, my communication skills have gotten terrible because I'm like They've I have diminished. Like, They've diminished because a of little bit, yeah. Your well, lack of use. <laughs> it's because the the all the ideas are kind of like in the scatterbrain like form. Like I have pictures in my head of like programming and like goals I want with my story and images and everything. Right. And me being able to be like, yeah, the game is like this. When I did my Kickstarter, I had to uh, I had to like you know try and write out the best copy I could and send it to journalists, and they actually put took out what was interesting and summed it up when they 
did a blurb and then I just took that <laughs> and started selling myself because they're professional journalists. They that know how sense. to sum up ideas, right? Yeah. You see that? That's the kind of self-starter stuff yeah. that, you know, <laughs> Cheers, there's yeah. some developer listening to this right now, some aspiring developer and he's like, that's a great idea. That's yeah, a great okay. idea. John <laughs> Warner is a fountain. Found no knowledge. There was a there was a follow up question uh, from the same email. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, uh, "I don't even know what this is." Okay. Uh, so, uh, what is your favorite SCP entry? Oh, that's Noah wrote that one in our friend Noah. Yeah, Noah. For, yeah. For those who don't know, I'm a huge nerd, and I've been reading this fan fiction website called the SCP Foundation. Okay, what is that? It's like uh, I don't know. I'm afraid of boring everybody to death. No, it's cool. So, what this is <laughs> is it's a it's like a herd of nerds. That are just like me. It's wonderful, and it all like it's sort of like this fan fiction website that's all written in the same format, and it's like it's like this uh, it's like this fictional universe where there's this company, and there's all these sort of like Lovecraftian bizarre objects, like like you would see in a horror movie. You know, you see a horror movie where it's like there's a mirror, and when you look into it, your reflection's alive, and it follows you and kills your kids or or whatever, Jesus. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so they what they do is it's kind of horror fiction, and it's like well. You know, this is a company that finds stuff like that and then has to contain it because they don't want it to get out and hurt people. So, um, so there's like, so each page is like a, like standard containment procedures. Right. And this is how each object should be contained. And then it's kind of got like this, like this, like, uh, rational breakdown of like what it does. So, like, this is a thing that, um, like, there's a toaster that you can only describe by talking about in the first person. And like the whole, so the whole thing is like really interestingly written. It's bizarre stuff, and I just I find it to be so much fun because I love like horror, um, just like horror rationale. You know, you tell a ghost story, and it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. Right. Like like so much of it is illogical. And these guys have like broke like they take an interesting idea and they like break it down and they make it real. Something about that is fascinating. That's crazy. I, I think that uh, um, the intriguing aspect that there's like, I think when a creative person can yeah. reach out to something that's maybe uh, a different brand of creativity that they do themselves, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. suddenly you find yourself like, like giddy, like yeah, in a way, totally. right? It's isn't, like, isn't it awesome? Because there's so much really to cool. draw yeah. from, right? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, with the the music I make solo, yeah. um, I should say the music that I'm as as an artist I make within uh, the world of Nubinson yeah. is you know it's like very space sci-fi themed we we also release content episodically you know and there's this uh idea that there's this ongoing yeah, okay. journey and story we do but that's yeah. like incredibly niche and like i okay, find myself sure? you know yeah. like when i'm describing it to someone <laughs> they're like what kind of music i'm like well there's the ship and this guy owns it and we're the crew and they're like okay and i'm like and all the songs are about the crew we don't release albums we release seasons and yeah like okay that, you know that kind of thing and I just, <laughs> when i say it out loud i'm like that sounds just insane but then yeah. uh there's an audience so there's some there's some right. people there's out there that love like, that clearly, it up. you know like people yeah. are into it so that's kind of funny um there's another question here sure. uh, from twitter you if you're uh, yeah. if you're down yeah. okay uh let's hear um oh this is a good one okay uh Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh yeah, man, that's hard. I'm because uh, I was raised on Star Wars, and that's arguably like one of the fundamental things of who I am. That show and some of like the the the, uh, the combat sequences, like so well choreographed, they're exciting right, and right, like right. for the time. But I almost oh fuck, I can't pick because Star Trek has got that like the deep like world that they create is almost like deeper. And all, like, they do so much more with the story, and it's, like, this awesome, like, utopian vision. Right. That's, uh, and that's, that's what, I think I might have to pick Star Trek. I, I would also pick Star Trek you myself. So? Yeah. yeah, I'm, a, I'm, like, as you are, very well versed in Star Wars, but, like, I think Star Trek is, like, there's so deep, there's, there's so much There's more in it, there's, yeah. There's more content. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the entirety of the accepted, like, the, the full-on canon of, of Star Wars yeah. is, like, maybe what eight hours yeah total yeah it's whereas true. like star trek there's literally like at this point probably what like a hundred hours yeah plus a couple hundred hours of, yeah. of uh material you can dive through and then all the movies yeah. all the, and then yeah, yeah, the yeah. films and then yeah. that kind of stuff right and some of it's mediocre but 
even the mediocre stuff is not bad, and some of it is so fucking good. Ooh. There's some TNG episodes, like the last episode. Wait, is, wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Fantastic. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I know everyone out here has probably already seen it or whatever like that, and I have no spoilers, too. though. But, uh, well, I'm actually putting my girlfriend through all of Next Generation, and okay. she's on season seven with me. Season oh, wow. seven, episode yeah. 14 or 15 or something. Okay. So she's like almost done. That's like right at the end. That's yeah. right, right. So, uh, Without saying the very last episode. Oh, wait, wait. Let me ask you something. Other than that episode, do you have a favorite episode of, of Next Generation? Uh, the Measure of a Man where they're talking about data in the court, at like one of the first ones. Oh, I love Picard's that one's really good. monologue in that. Yeah. He's like, there comes a time in yeah. everyone. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love the way he says that. He's just like, when do we decide? Oh, when man, his human... speeches are like, they're oh, amazing. So yeah. Totally I, like nobody could ever talk like that off the cuff, but I don't even care. I'll buy that fantasy for sure. so good. <laughs> I think I, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, like that's a good episode you, you brought up but uh, yeah. the one um, uh, what what would be uh, I can't remember the name of it but the, the four lights one with Picard yeah I, I was kind of honestly I, people are going to hate me for saying this but I was kind of lukewarm on that one for some really? reason let me yeah, explain I why. why I like it I, okay I, yeah, yeah. Um, throughout the entirety of the series Picard is often portrayed as this like Shakespearean very intellectual yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but like a, a man's man he's very very firm on what he knows is right and what's That's wrong true, yeah. um, and uh, even when he's put to the test with love interests and and and, and even higher-ups trying to order him to do things he doesn't agree with he still yeah. does what's right even if it's against his own judgment even right yeah, so he does yeah. what's right so he f- suddenly finds himself captive by this Cardassian lunatic yeah. and he's like putting all this pain through his body with this device and he's forcing him to break and he yeah. has you know he has these lights behind him mm-hmm. and he's like how many lights do you see and then he's like he's like there are four and he's like he won't tell him the right number that's actually there yeah. because uh, or he won't tell he, him he's trying to get number. Picard to say it's three lights when there's actually four or, or whatever it is or there's five maybe or something uh, he's trying to get Picard to like deny reality that's right, exactly, yeah. and which would just fundamentally break him, and then, yeah. then at that point, I'm sure they could get whatever access they needed out of him because he wouldn't have any reason to live beyond that. He'd already have his dignity taken. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. the thing about that that I, I think is really interesting yeah. is they showed him so beaten down and so broken, and then the, the final part of that episode where he's saying, uh, I, I would have actually, I was, I was yeah, about, was to, about say, to give up. Yeah. yeah that, yeah, that was cool. That's so honest. It's yeah. so honest because in a, in a world where heroes, especially in entertainment, are often just regarded so highly yeah. and like and like oh they, they'll never break their champions they'll, they'll whatever. He was like very honest about it in his character, and it just made me feel like wow. Even like the best, the yeah. most heralded people can feel like they're about well, that to break. Was, that was what was great about that show in general because the writing, like as it gone on, Picard like you start seeing that like some of his strengths are, are weaknesses as well like he doesn't have the best personal relationship with his crew he's given up on romances that he could have had and he secretly wants a family but he hasn't done it because he you know he has all these other desires to explore or whatever right and uh, and there actually are like problems that come from a result of his like strong authoritative personality right it's it's really interesting exactly and that's man good writing can like can like look at a character and put him in a situation that like lets us like look at ourselves and 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 uh and make some interesting statements it's like man it's amazing good writing is so rare and it's just so important do you uh do you have a favorite star trek series I, well, a- I have to pick tng but one that's actually underrated because the first season isn't good is uh is uh, i really liked enterprise I uh, see. I've never actually seen more than two episodes of Enterprise. I've yeah, never seen it. And I didn't. When I started watching, it, I was like, "This is this looks like crap." And I struggled through the first season because somebody told me to. But the second and third season get like really good. I thought they did anyway. That's pretty cool. I I think uh, my favorite season is DS Nine. And oh yeah, uh, you like that? Eh? Yeah. I'm on DS Nine right now. Really? Yeah. It was, it's so good. I I love uh, I love the multi episode story arcs that they do. Oh um, yeah. Okay. I mean. Yeah. In Next Generation, for the most part, it's it's very much uh, uh, one and done kind of thing. Like yeah, everything returns yeah. back to how it was at the end of the episode. Very TV epic. nowadays is so much better. Right, and they now just... it's like these huge, huge story arcs, like 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 fifteen episodes. Like oh my god, I'm so invested in it. Like yeah. Breaking Bad or Walking Dead. Yeah. These like Walking huge, Dead huge story so arcs, good. right? Did you watch it last night? 
I dude, I haven't watched any of the new episodes. It was badass. It was yeah, really good. I, yeah. I heard it was. Don't yeah. tell me I'm like. Of course not. No, this is a no yeah. spoiler zone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, got sweet. It. Yeah, I got you covered. Um, I, uh, Except for Samus, that's a, she has a female. <laughs> we spoil that one. Jesus Christ. Do you think? Uh, do you think if people wanted to uh, continue to support uh, the fall, support uh-huh. uh, your company over the moon? Um, how, what would be the best way to go about it now that the Kickstarter has ended? Uh, how can they go about that? Oh, oh, there's there's no need. I mean, uh, the the schedule's in place, and I just need to deliver. And when it comes out, if you're interested in taking a look at the game, then please do pick it up. But, I mean, other than that, like, if you're a Kickstarter backer and I send you out a build, do hit me back with some feedback because I, I use it. But, yeah, otherwise, whatever. I mean, the way I see it, like, I try to offer value. Like, I'm going to make a game that I hope people will enjoy. If you like the way it looks, then pick it up. I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't want to, uh, if you don't like it, then don't get it. So, <laughs> you know. That was spoken very true. I like that. <laughs> Cheers. Um, do you have a Twitter people can follow you at? Yes, but I haven't used it. I think it's at uh, Over the Moon GMS. Uh, GMS for games, right? Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. At Over the Moon GMS, you can yeah. follow John Warner on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow. Uh, we'll put out links for that. the Facebook and stuff, and uh, uh, you can and you can buy the game. On, on Steam, you will be able to. Yeah, yeah you will yeah. be. Hoping, hoping mid May. Mid May. Yeah. That, that's the uh, the the release and date. And the Wii U uh, e store as well. I know that there's a a few forums out there that have been dying to understand when <laughs> when things are going to come out. So I'm I've, sure they'll love that. Part. I I've heard that, and I I'm new to the whole green light thing, and and you pointed that out to me today. So I got to get on there and talk to those people. So sorry about that if you're listening. I haven't been in touch. He's working sixty hour weeks, folks. <laughs> Give him a break, okay? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you very much for uh, uh, listening here. Thank you very much, Mr. Warner. Oh, it was a pleasure. Let's do it again. John, you're a badass motherfucker. Hey, man, you too, dude. <laughs> if you guys want to follow me, you can always follow me on Twitter at MD underscore Boomsday, uh, or you can email me at Jamie, J-A-Y-M-E, at ampreckardsco.com. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you think about the show. We want to hear questions for our next show. You can check out our upcoming guests on intergalacticinterviews.com. Uh, and you can also uh, interact with us there. Uh, send us an email. Let us know how you listen to the show. Are you at your desk? Are you at your cubicle? <laughs> what are you doing? Do you like Bill Burr, like us? Uh, what's going on? We want to know how you feel. Um, the best way to do it is just to follow us, and uh, we, we hope you keep listening. Uh, I think I'm going to end the show with uh, a, a recent score that I composed for a director named Alan Dixon. Uh, we did this uh, crocodile video uh, that's been picked up by msn.com and by yahoo.com and it's doing like hundreds of thousands of views or something like that so this Very score cool. uh is uh, uh i don't have a piece for it yet i guess it would be called the crocodile movement is that what we should <laughs> is that what we should call it i think it? that's an epic name All so right, we well, definitely should the crocodile movement uh ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening uh we'll see you next week with sunny dollywall boom say goodbye john see you later everybody boom Beep.